0: spreading freedom across the nation. This
1: is Three, two, one. The Buck Sexton Show.
0: Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Martin Luther King Day today. So a national holiday, but the Freedom Hut keeps on rolling. So figure we would uh, get into all the latest. A lot of news from the weekend, from today, and of course upcoming this week because of the inauguration but we are in the midst of quite a battle i have never seen in my lifetime to be sure i have never seen such blatant attempts by well we're not exactly sure who it is yet we don't know for sure who is the person or who the persons are that have taken it upon themselves to try and knock out the stool from under the trump administration before it even stands Up and takes office, but we know that someone's trying to do it, and the intel community has being has been made to look really bad here. I I want to take a step back for a moment. We've talked so much about this Russia dossier, and I remember very well the sorts of things that were included in various PDBs. It is possible that there they will put in something that is entirely unclassified if it's really 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 important. Why did they do it in this instance? Why would CIA Director Brennan stand behind this? And what are they really trying to accomplish by letting Donald Trump know that there are allegations out there that are unproven and that have already in part been disproven that he did some really terrible stuff or gross stuff, a combination that depends on which aspect of the dossier we are talking about at any given time. But CIA Director Brennan was pushed on this issue. He's speaking to the press. And let me just tell you, and this is, I rarely go to the, my friends in Langley tell me. But I do have friends still in Langley. Some very, very close friends, some that are just more former associates that I can chat with when I need to. And the word on Brennan is that this is, remember he was Obama's, he was Obama's, uh, I forget what his specific role is. He's a senior White House national security role. He's, was he a national security advisor? Or that was, Rice, I forget what he was before. But he's an Obamaite. He is a devotee to all things Obama, a very political guy. Also likes to cultivate sources in the press and use those sources to get certain stories out there without necessarily the hand of the administration attached to it. This is known. This came up in some previous hearings over some leaks. In one case, they managed to prove that it wasn't Brennan that had leaked some very sensitive stuff, very... And the sort of the sort of things that you, you don't leak because they're not public... Uh, there's no public knowledge or need for public knowledge of them. And there's the possibility of a real national security incident people could lose their lives because of certain things that have been leaked under the Obama administration, but they were leaks from individuals who took it upon themselves to say stuff. So you get Brennan, though, known as, and even from my sources inside Langley, known as somebody who has very close ties to President Obama and is known to use the press for his own purposes as a megaphone to play policy games, to play politics, not talking about for national security reasons, but for reasons of uh, domestic partisan warfare. That's what Brennan is, is known for. I do not know many people that have a particularly high estimation of his analytic or intellectual capabilities. He seems sufficient to do the job of CIA director, but not somebody with whom I know anyone who's overly impressed and my guys inside Langley tend to always be right about this. They always referred to Petraeus as, as King David, which was a, a name that others had given to him as well. But Petraeus was just so arrogant, so unbelievably arrogant and full of himself all the time. And that was his reputation, including for people I knew who worked very closely and continuously with him. That when all the stuff came out about him, you know, Petraeus under the desk, married guy, sharing stuff he shouldn't, didn't surprise me all that much. Maybe the brazenness of it surprised me, but the fact that Petraeus just thought that he was allowed to, uh, he could eat cookies out of the cookie jar and wouldn't get caught. I don't know what else to say. He he could get away with things. Was not surprising at all, based on what I had heard from firsthand knowledge of the man. And so Brennan, as a political infighter and an Obama loyalist, that's the reputation. So keep that in mind. Then he gets pushed on the dossier the Trump Russia dossier and this is what he has to say play the clip well I think as the director of national intelligence uh, said in his statement uh, this is information that has been out there circulating for many months so it's not a question of the intelligence community leaking or releasing this information it was already out there but But it hadn't been reported on and one of the reasons it hadn't is because it hadn't been verified and when you briefed the president on it. You collectively briefed the president on it, president-elect. That made it news. Well, nothing has been verified. It is unsubstantiated reporting that is out there that has been circulating in the private sector and with the media as well by a firm that pulled this information together. But what I do find outrageous is uh, equating an intelligence community with Nazi Germany. I do take great umbrage at that, and there is no basis for uh, Mr. Trump to point fingers at the intelligence community for leaking information that was already available publicly. Okay, let's now take this apart piece by piece. A lot of disingenuousness, a lot of smarmy dishonesty from CIA Director Brennan here. Keep in mind, last days, last days this guy's in office, last days of the Obama presidency, And these are people who do not care much for fair play. These are people who believe in all-out, zero-sum partisan warfare. These are leftists. They are progressives. They are absolutely enraged at Donald Trump and all of his supporters for stealing the crown away from Queen Clinton. They're absolutely apoplectic about this. And they believe that their actions, therefore, are entirely justified, no matter what they are anything to hurt this administration and anything to burnish the credentials of the outgoing administration this is the scenario in which we find ourselves right now you got brennan out there saying this stuff let me just pull apart some of this first of all okay he's saying it was unclassified we felt that the president should know about it how did anybody know that it was included in that briefing why if it's for that president to know, why did he tell Obama and Biden? He could have made they could have made a judgment call that this was a personal issue, a personnel issue for Donald Trump. They didn't have to let every and there also are also these reports that they told members of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence that this was something they were going to talk about. Why included in that highly classified setting at all? Why was it part of the book? that briefing, this could have been, and this is very important, this could have been a phone call from the CIA director to Donald Trump on an unclassified line, quite honestly, based on the fact that this entire document was already in widespread circulation and has no classification because it did not come from any sources or methods that would make it classified. So the the CIA director could have pulled aside Donald Trump and said, hey, look, this is out there. I I know it's crazy, president-elect. I know know it looks like madness. Just wanted to give you the heads up. You're going to tell me that in this day and age there wasn't a way to do this? That didn't turn this into a news story? How does anyone think this is okay? This was included in the president's inner sanctum his intel briefing, and it's all out there, and it was all shared with the world. I'm telling you, this was a political hit. This was meant to hurt the president of the United States. They could have done this in a way that it would not have been out there in the media, and you would have had such smugness from CNN. Oh, we're just reporting on the existence of it. We're not verifying it. But by reporting on the existence of it in that CIA or that rather DNI, that intelligence agency briefing, it makes it seem to a lot of people like there must be something there. There are ways to report on rumors. There are ways to share unclassified information with the decision makers in the United States government, with the president himself, that don't turn it into a national news story. And yet somehow here we are. They really think, and and I get people out there telling me, "Oh well, Bucky, what you don't understand is they're going to prove all this. This is all real." Well, if they really think it's real, they should wait till they have proof before they show it to the president. They're not saying it's real at all. They there is not one person in the intel community right now who would stand behind. Yeah, this is true. we we, we can we can tell you that this is true. And Trump is, despite what the media tells you, not an idiot. He knows the game that's being played here. He knows that right now the sensitivity about Russian uh, election interference and hacking and U.S.-Russia policy and NATO, this has the media frothy mouth. They are freaking out about this. And magically this dossier just appears in his intel briefing. And then you get Brennan out there. Notice the pivot, by the way. I've, I've always thought Brennan was just a slimy one, just a slimy one. Quite honestly, so was I. I'm very unimpressed with with uh, Morell, who, if you see some of the, there was a release. I didn't get a chance to talk about it on air of the people that were supposed to be Hillary Clinton's cabinet. First of all, John Podesta was going to be Secretary of State. Think about that for a second. What's your password? Password. And Mike Morrell was going to be CIA director, DNI, wh- one of those. You're going to have a very senior position. And Morell is also a political infighter and somebody who's trying to further his own career by adhering to the Democratic Party's wishes. So we get all this going on right now, and we're supposed to believe this is an accident. You notice that in Brennan's, in the interview there uh, on Fox News, he pivots right away from, well, we thought it was included. and, And for him to call us Nazis, that's just beyond the pale. Uh, he didn't call them Nazis. He said, "What is this Nazi Germany?" I mean, Trump is somebody who is prone, as you know, to overstatement. Uh, the whether the uh, uh, whether the incoming administration frames things in that way or not, he didn't say that the CIA is run by Nazis. It's just a, it's a non sequitur. It's irrelevant. Brennan shouldn't be getting into that. But you'll but you see that he has this desire, this need to. Oh, they've really hurt our feelings. Tell you something. Intel Intel agencies are full of people that know they really can't be fired. Very, very hard to get rid of any one of them. None of them are going to be singled out by the executive branch for to be fired. They're not sitting around all worried. Okay, it's not a big deal. If they feel like the president has taken some shots at the credibility of the intelligence agencies, this notion that it undermines national security. Oh, but undermining the president elected the United States, the commander in chief, that's all fine. They can't have it both ways. And the false reverence that I see from the left, the same left that didn't want ROTC on campus, the same left that wanted to prosecute members of the CIA, for waterboarding, for doing their jobs to stop jihadist, bloodthirsty murderers from killing thousands more Americans. That same American left, some of those same Democrats in Congress are now pretending that, oh, how, the intel community, how, how could you? How could you get so disrespectful the hallowed hallways of Langley? Well, this is a new thing because I was in the intel community under the Bush administration. And I seem to recall all I heard about was how we got... Weapons of mass destruction, wrong, even though not as wrong as the media certainly thinks the agency did. I seem to recall that we were doing things in the on that there was rendition and there were black sites and there was waterboarding, all these horrible things we were doing. Oh, we were so evil trying to stop savage barbarians like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed from bringing down more towers or blowing up more planes full of men, women and children in this country. I, I still remember that. So I really don't want to hear the lectures now from the left, from oh CNN, oh, from all these wimps out there that are pretending they love the intel community so much and how could anybody object to how brilliant the intel community is? It's so transparently political, it's pathetic. All right. Much more coming, team. 888-900-3393. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. The Buck Sexton Show. Discover more at TheBlaze.com slash radio. The Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show, only
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Team, welcome back. 888 3393 President Obama, in classic Obama fashion, has forgotten all about that mentality that he had for his presidency If I won, the people have spoken, I'm in power, I get to do what I want. And the regulations that he's slamming in at the very last minute here, just give the lie to all that stuff. We were told that because the people had spoken, there should be a a willingness to go along with Obama on all of this. Well, there's not much justification, is there, for Obama taking actions in the last days of his presidency that will unsettle longstanding policies right before the Trump administration comes into office? that will make uh, things more complicated for the Trump administration. I have been saying this for a while, and I don't know how quickly I'll be proven right, but I'm quite confident that we will see that the Obama administration has been doing all sorts of things with regard to immigration and the border without notifying the American people and without giving us any public hearing on it. I'm sure that, and what are, you might say, Buck, what are they doing? I'd have to sit around and start coming up with any number of things. Certainly enforcement priorities have changed. They've dropped deportations dramatically. There are a number of places where it's quite clear that this administration is trying to make it as difficult as possible for the Trump administration when it comes in. So we'll see. We'll see if I'm right on that. Obama is also taking actions on national security and foreign policy that are clearly clearly meant to cement his legacy, even though they will undoubtedly complicate matters for the incoming Trump administration. The change of the wet foot, dry foot policy, for example, with Cuba, which I mentioned to you, is just goading. Yes, sure, it's a continuation of Obama's unilateral thaw with Cuba, not just unilateral on our side of things, and that the U.S. government isn't behind the congress isn't behind this as well This just obama deciding that it's in his hands to upend 50 plus years of policy but uh, it's also meant to complicate matters for trump because now you'll have cuban americans in florida who may be advocating for a return to that policy and just when trump is saying there should be a strong border he's going to be in the position of changing legal status for some just because there may be very good reasons for that and we can talk about that and people will but it is singling out one group and saying well they get to stay others have to go so there there's an effort underway with that as well Uh, the federal register at the end of 2016 so it's just been added to in the last couple of weeks is now 97,110 pages. So that's that's what the federal government, the federal government's rules take up 97,000 pages. And this, uh, this administration has just seen an, an explosion in the federal register. They've been pushing for it each year. And of these last rules, the Obama administration is smashing in I'm sorry, this is the highest it's been in 11 years in terms of regulations. And so over a decade, um, there were 3,410 new rules added to the Federal Register last year. 629 of them have been flagged, according to Forbes, as having notable effects on small businesses. There are another 2,391 proposed rules in the year-end pipeline that are being considered as well. So they're trying to slam through all this stuff, which is just going to take time and bog down the incoming administration. If it wasn't something you had to do in the last seven years, I don't think you should do it at the end of the eighth. We're not talking about emergency national security measures here. So some of these are non-regulatory notices to be sure, but others are going to have an impact on the economy and on businesses. And Obama just doesn't doesn't care. The Democrats are completely going to be are going to be completely out of power, except as an opposition party. He's going to get away with as much as he can in the last days of his presidency. And the effort to make the Trump administration look as bad as possible for inauguration week—it really has been all in for the Democrats. We've got more. Stay with me. The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: The Buck Sexton
0: Show. Team, I know we shouldn't spend too much time on the Clintons because they're not going to be much of a thing anymore. We should also make sure we take time to celebrate that. You could have been subjected to eight years of Hillary and Bill Clinton speeches. I mean, it would have been amazing. I would have had parties afterwards, too, because I wouldn't even been running things. I'd just been hanging out, you know, hey, ladies. Wants well, to come by and talk after speech. I mean, when you're when you're trying to run the free world from behind the scenes, you need a foot massage every now and again. You know, there's a couple of corns here and there. It's a little rough, but don't worry about the calluses, ladies. Just give them a, give those feet a rub. Ugh, I know, gross. You you don't have to deal with that anymore. You don't have to worry about Bill Clinton making appearances in your nightmares. At least not because you have to see him in speech after speech, whether he's giving it or standing right behind Hillary Clinton and you don't have to hear Hillary I love the American people oh my gosh she had a terrible voice and I don't say that to be mean although maybe it's a little mean but she's mean so I'm okay with it terrible voice and then you had Chelsea Clinton too oh let's all clap for Chelsea yeah she's accomplished so much it's been so hard Oh, she got into Stanford, I bet, because she's brilliant, not because she's a Clinton. And then she went and worked for some fancy places for like a year or two each. And then she married a hedge fund manager and lived in a $10 million apartment. I mean, I just. We live in a capitalist society. We have good reasons for allowing people to have trust funds and and inheritance and all the rest of it. I, I don't I don't. Look, I wish. I wish I was sitting on $100 million. It'd be great. I wish I was sitting on a million dollars. That would be great. I wish I was sitting on... (laughs) I'd go all the way down the line. Oh, man. Uh, Many of you listening, I feel like, you know, maybe you could uh, throw some money in a hat for me. Anyway, uh, I just don't have to sit around and listen to Chelsea Clinton giving speeches about how awesome she is. That's a nice victory for all of us. That's That's a victory for America. Hashtag america but there was one thing that during the course of the campaign and early on when it was still in the primary they let me i couldn't i didn't really understand why they must have lost some people at the last moment they let me join a few post-democrat debate panels at cnn and i was able to just let it fly on how Clinton is, because I was saying if if I were a progressive, which I'm not, but if I were a progressive, I would be for Bernie, because at least I think he believes much of what he says. It's bad policy. It wouldn't work. It's a terrible idea. But at least there's some underlying basic human decency that Bernie Sanders exudes is it real or not I don't know was I feeling the burn not really nonetheless it was fun to be on a panel where you saw Bernie and Hillary squaring off against each other and then I got to sit there and point out because there were so many Clintonistas and Clintonistos over at CNN people who not only were rooting for Hillary for ideological reasons, but were surrogates of the campaign. They, they were going to get really plum jobs, great assignments, access, all the rest of it. Not only were they some of them going to have roles in an administration, but even if they were just in media, they knew they were going to have fantastic access to the White House and get scoops, and they get to be lazy and look like they're intrepid journalists, all the rest of it. And so they were secretly, quietly furious when someone like me would show up and point out that at least Bernie Sanders is keeping it real. At least Bernie Sanders is saying what the Democratic Party really is, which is a statist collectivist party. He's a democratic socialist. He's just somebody that believes that the government is there to solve all problems, that there's really no individual or private property rights that are sacrosanct. And If you get smart people together who believe in lining up individuals into different classes by level of historical injustice and current protected needs and all the rest of it, that that's how you should order a society. But Bernie was honest, and I give give credit where it's due. Hillary was grotesquely corrupt, and any human being who was going to stand in front of me, as many of them did, or sit next to me, as many of them did, and say that the Clinton Foundation was doing good work all over the world, and how dare someone like me impugn it. They're either a liar or a moron. There were, there's no third option. You're either a liar or you're really not smart. And if you're really not smart, I, I there's a part of me that does have some sympathy for that. It's maybe not the individual's fault, but you probably shouldn't be on national television in a battle of wits with other people. Not the best place, although some of the dumbest people imaginable do get plenty of airtime on TV, let me tell you. One of the things I like about radio is on radio you can't hide. On radio you can't have – I don't have somebody else writing what I'm going to say. I'm just speaking to you. I don't have somebody else pulling together all my research and all my thoughts for me and putting it on a screen and I just get to sit there and read and then read the questions and then turn back. For most people on television that you see in the news business, eighty to ninety percent of their job is how they look and how they sound. Really, how they look—hair and makeup, baby—that's most of it. I like radio because radio exposes frauds. Not—that doesn't mean that everybody on radio isn't—you can't be a fraud be on your radio, but you have to at least have content that's from you. You have to read, you have to research, you have to know things. You have to have a willingness and an ability to extend yourself beyond reading off of a prompter. But I digress. So I would see all of this stuff. I would see it all happening. And I would think to myself, okay, here we are. It's very obvious to me that... The Clintons are absolutely, positively the most corrupt, powerful politicians in the United States government, and they've be- and they've become fabulously wealthy by pretending to run a charity, or rather, running a charity whose primary purpose is not helping people or good causes, but a charity with a primary purpose of enriching and empowering certain people. It was so very, very obvious. It was so very, very obvious, and yet, when I would bring that up, they would look at me like I was crazy. How, and worse than that, how dare you? How dare you, Buck Sexton, from the blaze? Hillary Clinton cares about the children. Bill Clinton cares about women's education, I'll educate them, it is unfathomable to them that this could have all been a scam. And I was waiting all along for the possibility that if Hillary lost, if Hillary lost, we would see the truth of this. We would see the truth of the. And this is important, by the way, because anyone that you saw on TV that was defending the Clinton Foundation is either a liar or a moron, anyone, anyone who is pretending that this was first and foremost. I'm not saying it didn't do any charitable work. Guess what? The mob owns all kinds of businesses or used to when it was a bigger thing. It still exists, but not quite the way it used to. But if you have organized crime running a laundromat and they're also you know, laundering money in the back room, yeah, sure, they probably do a good job tailoring some shirts and doing some dry cleaning. I believe that. But if the business's main purpose is to launder money in the back, not to do laundry in the front, that's a problem. The Clinton Foundation sure did some stuff. Never really got a good sense of it. I I don't know about you. I I don't recall ever seeing any really in-depth stories about how the Clintons were saving lives. They were really just sloshing cash around, maybe moving it from one NGO to another or one government to another NGO taking their cut along the way. Unnecessary middlemen in the whole process. But the proof was going to come when we found out if the Clintons don't achieve power, what happens to this charity? I present you with the New York Observer, observer Observer.com. The Clinton Foundation is shutting down the Clinton Global Initiative. The Clinton Global Initiative, according to its own website here, uh, according to its own mission statement, it is to create and implement implement innovative solutions, innovative solutions to the world's most pressing challenges. Okay. To date, members of the CGI community have made more than 3,600 commitments which have improved the lives of over 435 million people in more than 180 countries. Wow, they have a huge network. They must be spending a ton of cash. They're hel- they've helped over 435 million people. They must be doing great stuff. This must be really important, although you notice the language they use here is all so vague. Innovative solutions for global... What does that even mean? You know, what does the Red Cross do? Uh, you know vaccinations, uh, give people tetanus shots, give people antibiotics. You know, no one has to sit around and wonder, what does the Red Cross do? What is wounded warriors do? I mean, you know what charities that are real charities do. Clinton Global Initiative, man, not really so clear. Oh, and guess what? They're shutting it down. That's right. The CGI. Hillary just lost. And now because they have to tell when they're shutting down these things under New York law, when you when you they're laying off 22 employees, they're firing 22 people who work for the Clinton Global Initiative are losing their jobs. I just have to ask, and I would love to get a chance to go on CNN and talk about this one. Do you think there's going to be any talk about the Clinton Foundation coming forward over there? I don't think so. I'd love to ask, so have all the global challenges been solved? All the solutions that the Clinton Global Initiative was bringing together, never mind the overall Clinton Foundation, which is the sort of mothership for all this stuff. but the Clinton Global Initiative, you read on their own or I read you on, from their own website, 3,500 commitments helping hundreds of millions of people around the world. The Clintons are so connected, they've raised so much money, they must be doing fantastic stuff. It all goes away right after Hillary loses? Oh, because you mean foreign governments all of a sudden aren't writing checks to the Clinton Global Initiative? Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. Now is where you really get to see whether someone's a liar or a moron on this issue. Maybe we should start doing a segment. Liar or moron? As these foreign governments stop sending multi-million dollar checks to the CGI, the Clinton Global Initiative, some are going to step forward if the media presses this story, which they probably won't because they've got too much Trump to destroy. Some will step forward and say that there is, you know, that's just complicated, that there's nothing to see here, that there was no connection between the two. I wonder, and then I would just want to ask, how stupid do these Clinton hacks think that we are? This is supposed to be a coincidence. It's been a couple of months since the election. They're firing a couple of dozen people from the Clinton Global Initiative. They're going to be firing a lot more from the Clinton Foundation, my friends. Trust me, the money is going to be drying up. Faster and faster. Some will continue for a little bit because it will look so obvious otherwise. But the money is going to continuously be going down because people were not trying to help anybody. They were buying goodwill and access and favors from the Clintons and the Clintons were selling them freely. It was the biggest global corruption scam in the history of this country. We're supposed to worry about Russia hacking emails. All right take a break we'll be right back buck sexton Sexton. dispensing the truth on the blaze radio network Sexton Show. All right, Team Buck, welcome back, Marion, Arizona. We got a minute and change. I wanted to get you in. Thanks for calling. What's up?
1: Thank you for uh, bringing in all your knowledge uh, Thank you. into the blaze. And I just wanted to say, with everything that I've learned with Hillary and all the corruption that's been going on, I don't know if you ever saw uh, the series Twenty Four.
0: Oh yeah, my sure. son. My son I've seen some, some of it, not all that. of it. I saw the first yeah. season. The first season.
1: Oh, I saw them all uh, on. I, I don't know what channel T I watched I watch I, them all? But anyways, they. Ha- oh yeah, yeah. They. Ha- that, that that program had me on edge, and I said to my son, "I said, you know what? This this series has the government to the T, <laughs> to the T. I'm not kidding. It was. It had me on edge. Um, and I read the book that uh, Glenn Beck wrote um, on liars uh and i just don't only listen to that but i try to do my own research and everything but let me tell you something when you guys bring the 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 commentaries or the news uh, to the blaze you guys are all on tea
0: we're all i'm sorry the last one cut out what was that
1: you hit it right on the nail every time
0: oh yeah you thank bring you Bring
1: the truth to us
0: that's what that's what we try to do
1: And I really, really appreciate that. And that's just what I wanted to say. And I really thank you a lot for for everything you
0: guys do. Well, Mary, thank you so much. I really appreciate you listening and giving me your time every day. Thanks for being a part of Team Buck and Shields High.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, have a good one. Uh, Team, we've got a lot more to talk about in the next hour. So I'm getting ready, gearing up for that now. We've got Trump saying that he wants insurance for everybody. That's kind of interesting. That's going to take some talking from folks about some stuff uh, that's vague but intentionally think of that as a te- a teaser based on the vagueness if you want specificity if you want analysis you got to just hang with me a little bit through this break take some calls to 888-900-3393 I think we might do Facebook Live tomorrow by the way at 3 Eastern uh, Books with Buck and I'll be on Fox Business a couple of times today uh, coming up at 8pm more coming be right back buck sexton show only on the blaze radio network